Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, Joseph's Brothers Go to Egypt. It will be centered on a study of Genesis 42. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful love. And Lord, as we study your word, speak to us for this afternoon. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Genesis chapter 42. Chapter 42 Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do ye look one upon another? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither, and buy for us from thence, that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brethren, for he said, Lest peradventure mischief befall him. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them, and said unto them, Ye are spies, to see the nakedness of the land ye are come. And they said unto him, Nay, my lord, but to buy food are thy servants come. We are all one man's sons. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. And he said unto them, Nay but to see the nakedness of the land ye are come. And they said, Thy servants are twelve brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is not. And Joseph said unto them, That is it that I spake unto you, saying, Ye are spies. Hereby ye shall be proved. By the life of Pharaoh ye shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. Send one of you, and let him fetch your brother. And ye shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved, whether there be any truth in you. Or else, by the life of Pharaoh, surely ye are spies. And he put them all together into ward three days. And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do and live, for I fear God. If ye be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go ye, carry corn for the famine of your houses. But bring your youngest brother unto me. So shall your words be verified, and ye shall not die. And they did so. And they said one to another, We are verily guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, Spake I not unto you, saying, Do not sin against the child, and ye would not hear? Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. And he turned himself about from them and wept, and returned to them again, and communed with them, and took from them Simeon, and bound him before their eyes. 
Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn, and to restore every man's money into his sack, and to give them provision for the way. And thus did he unto them. And they laded their asses with the corn, and departed thence. And as one of them opened his sack to give his ass provender in the inn, he espied his money. For behold, it was in his sack's mouth. And he said unto his brethren, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. And their heart failed them, and they were afraid, saying one to another, What is this that God hath done unto us? And they came unto Jacob their father, unto the land of Canaan, and told him all that befell unto them, saying, The man who is the Lord of the land spake roughly to us, and took us for spies of the country. And we said unto him, We are true men, we are no spies. We be twelve brethren, sons of our father, one is not. And the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. And the man, the lord of the country, said unto us, Hereby shall I know that ye are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me, and take food for the famine of your households, and be gone. And bring your youngest brother unto me. Then shall I know that ye are no spies, but that ye are true men. So will I deliver you your brother, and ye shall traffic in the land. And it came to pass as they emptied their sacks, that behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob their father said unto them, Me have ye bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not. And ye will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons, if I bring him not to thee. Deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. And he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way in the which ye go, then shall ye bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, My Redeemer Liveth. This was preached in 1955 on April the 10th and will begin at paragraph 114 up to paragraph 144. I trust you'll find it a blessing. And then, then Joseph, he kind of come from Jacob to Joseph. And when Joseph died down there in Egypt, he said, now look, don't you bury me here because I know someday we're going to leave here. So uh, you just leave my bones on the outside of the ground. Oh my. I want to give every testimony I can that I believe in it. That's right. So after I'm dead, just leave my bones there for a testimony. See, what is it? He could sit so much as Job. I know my Redeemer for he'd seen the whole thing dramatized. He'd seen like Job. Job saw it in a vision. Abraham saw it by Isaac. And Isaac and Jacob and so forth. And Jacob had saw it by the ransom. Now Joseph saw it by his own life. He'd seen that he was born a peculiar boy. That he was a seer. There was something about him he could see visions. He couldn't understand it. He even went and seen, told his mother and father when they tried to correct him. When he seen the sheaves all bowing to his, he couldn't understand it. But then, next thing he found out that he was betrayed by his brethren. 
He said, what am I portraying here? What is this foreknowledge that I'm receiving? He watched his own life. And any man can watch your own life and about tell what you are if you didn't check up on yourself. Whether you're really a Christian or not. Watch the things you do and what you say and your associates and so forth. You'll find out whether you really got anything there or not. He's seen his life as they begin to move. And the next thing you know, they found that he was thrown into a hole. Deceived by his brethren, supposing to be killed and thrown into a hole. And was taken up again. Joseph foresaw that. He saw himself in the prison. He saw himself in the dungeon. He saw God was with him. Whatever he did, no, he was a prince of prosperity. The world prospered. Everywhere Joseph was, there was prosperity. Amen. For he was a prince of prosperity. And him foreshadowing Christ, wherever Christ is, there's prosperity. Amen. And when Christ returns to the earth, all the curse of the earth will be taken away. So the old Amen. desert shall blossom as a rose, and the rough places will be made smooth, and she'll bring forth in the abundance. Amen. For he's the prince of prosperity, Amen. wherever he is. Hallelujah. Amen. The prince of prosperity. How we could dwell on this for about an hour right now. But the hurry now, we got to hurry now. Look at Joseph seeing it. Then when he knowed everything that he did, he seen his brothers that betrayed him finally come to him not knowing who he was and bow before him reverently. And those who had crucified him as it was, showed him in the ground. Those who had sold him to the Egyptians. All those who mistreated him stood before him and him the great prince. And they trembled. And they said, oh, that uh, a triple of call said, we have slain our brother. And all about that and how that it was to be in a foreshadow. Joseph, he knew that that would be the conditions of the world at the coming of the Lord Jesus. So he made mention of his bones. He said, don't bury me here. But I want to leave every testimony I can that I believe that someday there will be a resurrection. I've got a word. Those who's had that same inspiration has gone on. Amen. And so could the church say this morning, though fanatically as we are called, though because we believe in the power of the resurrection, Amen. though we believe in divine healing and all the supernatural signs that Christ promised, we have to take the side of the illiterate or the fanatic Amen. and so forth. No makes any difference what we have to take as long as we know our Redeemer lives and has brought forth the evidence in our heart that He lives and reigns. Joseph said, I want to make every testimony against the devil that I can. So he threw his bones out there and they laid there for 400 years. Amen. For it looked beyond that. People say, what a fanatic. It looked back then a fanatic, but it proved out to be the truth. Amen. Amen. So will it be to everyone who has this blessed hope of this text this morning. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know it no matter what. They say, oh, we're prospering here. The whole Egypt has prospered while we're here. All these things, but that didn't make any difference. He knew they were going out of there as sure as the world. He said, now, take my bones up there and bury them up in Egypt. Up in the promised land, up in Canaan land, out of Egypt. So when they, Moses come in, Another inspired prophet, and he taken the bones of Joseph and tuck them up and buried them in the same field, the same place where the rest of them was buried. He tucked his way with the rest of them. Why? There was something in him. Something in him. No matter 
You don't hear the rest of the people down there saying anything about it. Well, anywhere's all right. They just fall anywhere they will. But there was something in him. Something that had the same vision that Job had. The same vision the rest of them had. No matter what the rest of the world thought, what they'd done, that had nothing to do with Joseph. That had nothing to do with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob, with all the rest of them. Something pressed to that promised land. Seemed fanatically. But they wanted it because there was something in them deep calling to the deep. That's the way it is today with every believer. There's something in them that presses to it. No matter you can try this, that, or that, but there's something presses. You know beyond a shadow of doubt that there's a city whose builder and maker is God. You know that there's something there. So you press to it. Now, on the day they buried him, the bones up there hundreds of years passed, and finally one day... Unto us a son was born. Unto us a child was given. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. And he come to the earth and he come by the way of a manger, poor and degraded, but something in him that knew. He stood there with one prophecy out of the Bible. He said, you destroy this body and in three days I'll raise it up again. He was the only man that could say that ever was able to make this statement or ever will be able to make it. Amen. I have power to lay my body down. I have power to take it up again. Amen. That's right. Emmanuel himself. And then when he died and on the day of his death, they took him down off the cross and they put him in the grave and he laid there from Friday afternoon until Sunday morning. On that wonderful Easter morning, when he arose again and his soul was loosened from the prisons of hell down under, where he went as a sinner for you and I, bearing away our sins to give us a perfect assurance. No reason to doubt anymore. Give it a perfect assurance. He said, uh, because he did that, his soul was cast into hell because he was a castaway. He was a scapegoat of the Old Testament who they put the sins of the people up on the scapegoat and turned him out into a wilderness to die. Jesus was that scapegoat who had the sins of the people upon him and was cast away and went into hell to suffer the tortures. His body went into the grave to pay the price of our Amen. resurrection. Oh my! Then on that Easter morning when he come back up from the grave for pains of death and hell could not hold him. And when he rose again on Easter morning, not only did he rise, but so come Job, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, all the rest of them come in the resurrection in Matthew 27 and appeared to many around in the street that of a seal of their testimony because they had something in them that said, I know my Redeemer liveth. And to every man, now they know, God know that in the days to come, that theologians would get a hold of this Bible. They know the smart man would get a hold of it. That they'd give up their own interpretation to it. That they'd say, oh, it don't mean this, it doesn't mean that. So to make it assured that His great plans in the ages to come will be fulfilled. Listen close now as we close the service. And in the ages to come that His plan will be fulfilled, God gave a definite witness to it. Amen. We can read it and say, I believe it. That's mental. That's intellectual faith. That's mental theology. But there's something beyond that. Amen. That's right. 
Not only did he raise up from the grave, but he ascended on high and sent back the Holy Spirit. Amen. He went on high and gave gifts unto man, led captive, captive, and give gifts unto man. And today, after theologians just tampered with the Bible, after church organizations just stood up and they say, well, this is what we need. Some people buried on the church, some of the saints will dig up their bones and bring them here. Some of them said, we'll build a church up over the tomb where he, where he was crucified or where he was buried. We'll build a church there. People in material are trying to do materialistic things, but it's such an awk. There's nothing to it. It's all nonsense and nothing to it. But the real resurrection is those who died with him and been born again. It has that no soul faith. I know my Redeemer liveth. And God's working with those people with signs and wonders in the Great Commission here, showing that He rose from the dead and showing visible signs and wonders. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful love and mercy. It's been amazing to see the brothers of Joseph visiting Joseph and him recognizing him. Much like, Lord, you recognized us when you saw us in our mire of sin and iniquity. We thank you for your love. May your word continue to minister to us and to our hearts for the rest of the day and mold us into the image of your Son. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
my redeemer. 